This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We are just a few weeks away. Welcome, everybody, to another off-season edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle, and joined, as always, by EP Rinkside, Shap Shots, D Magazine. The name of his book, featuring the Texas and Dallas Stars, is We Win Here. My buddy Sean Shapiro and Spits and Suds has been live from the Traverse City Tournament, and Sean is going to break it down for us and tell us what he thinks of some of the prospects of the Dallas Stars. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. It's uh, Friday, as I was saying before we went on air. Uh, we're making the debate of whether I'm going to stay up late to watch uh, Coyotes Kings from Australia tonight, whether I'm going to watch it live or watch it early to- or watch a replay to- during the day tomorrow. But uh, actual hockey to watch this weekend. Um and we had some hockey to watch last weekend with Traverse City as well, but more NHL, some NHL preseason. And uh, the Stars started camp yesterday there in Cedar Park. Got a couple things moving there. It's uh, it's it feels it feels like we're back. And not that we left. I feel like we did a really good job of keeping people in tune throughout the summer. Uh, but it uh, feels like we're really back in the saddle right now. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I was just looking up to see if there had ever been, and there is. One NHL player from Australia, 1994, uh, Nathan Walker was born. Huh. Yes, he is uh, plays for the Blues, and it's actually uh, I remember that was uh, one of the things that when it came out that uh, when it came out that they were bringing the game to Australia, there was some there was some question people wondering how come you didn't uh, send the team that Nathan Walker plays for, right? That was something, and, and you know, in part, that's a partially fair question, but you also have to remember that Nathan Walker was also, and I want to confirm this real quick, um, Nathan Walker was a, uh, this summer was a free agent, was a, was a, was a UFA this summer when he and re-signed with the Blues. So um, you can't uh, make plans around a guy who's a, a UFA. Well, it would have been nice for Nathan Walker yeah. to be playing in that game. Also, it's uh, not fair to anyone to try to, to schedule an event around a guy a UFA who has has the full rights to do to sign wherever he wants and and, and everything like that. So, um, I'm interested to see how this how this setup goes, though, Gavin, with because they're they're at Rod Laver Arena, which is the where the Australian Open right. is retractable. Um, retractable um obviously australia is a bit of a it's it's warm it's uh even though this is their winter uh, right now um but it's uh i'm really interested to see how the ice looks to see how it plays out um i think these global series games are great um i'd love to see the i'd love to see the stars do one at some point obviously between the 
with the with the Finnish contingent and the Yuri Lettinen connection, and obviously with um, Miro Hishkinen and Rope Hintz locked up for a long time, I mean, it feels like a no-brainer to me that at some point you've got to see uh, a Dallas Carolina game or something like yeah. that over in either in either, in either Helsinki or Tampa or Tampa over there. Um, I'd love to see these global series games to me. I love them. I think they're a good thing for the game. I think it's a really nice touch. And uh, I think for the teams too, it's uh, I think it can be a kind of nice little galvanizing thing too. So, yeah. Uh, and I do so, find it yeah. interesting, Sean, that, you know, when you have your stadium series, you have your winter classics, Anytime it's taken to another level, meaning a unique, different place or a different arena, I find that the show has to be put on. So I'm interested to see, will the gloves be dropped tonight? How hard will the checking be? Even though it is a preseason game, you know, you're going to have some yeah. A players, you know. And so I'm I'm kind of interested to see because, you know, candidly, some of these preseason games that I've witnessed, it's kind of go through the motions. I'm not saying they don't play hard, but the physicality is lacking. It's just, it's not the same as a regular season game. You know, we see that in the NFL. We see that in spring training. So, you know, the the goal is not to get hurt, you know, uh, yeah. just refine the game, make yourself as ready as possible for the regular season. But when you, when you take this game and you put it in a brand new place in front of a packed house, you know, I wonder if it changes. It probably, I mean, it will arguably have more energy than any preseason game of on the preseason slate, right? I mean, with that yes. and the, uh, they do the two like craft hockeyville games that are in the small, that are. Oh like, yeah, they're in great. The, in, yep. So those, those are good too. Cause those have good energy, smaller, like they'll, they'll be like 4,000 people there and it's kind of fun, but like, I mean, there'll be good energy because it's, it's the first, uh, NHL games of any form in the Southern Hemisphere. So there'll be some good energy from the Australian hockey fans and everything like that. Um, it's, but uh, you're right on preseason games. It's kind of the weird thing where there's, there really is a sliding scale of effort. Um, there's the effort that the kid trying to earn another day in camp gives versus the veteran who was signed for five years or after this and knows he's not going anywhere. It's, it's a sliding scale of efforts. So preseason games can be kind of weird like that. Um, so it's to add one in Australia. I love it. I think it's a great thing. Um, Australia is too far to try to get something like this done in the regular season. Um, but uh, global series, for example, as I said, uh, stars, hurricanes in finland would, would be fun in the future so to keep us on a star's track of things i guess so what was the atmosphere like in traverse city as far as a, a fan perspective was there energy in the building um what's unique about that tournament before we get into the the individuals is is this a tournament that you're now seeing grow as far as nhl fans saying you know with the as social media continues to evolve and grow, as we can search these prospects now and find out statistics more than ever, as analytics are presented to us, I just feel like names that we'd wait and we'd see maybe when we get to the AHL level, like we're hyper-focused on junior hockey players now that are drafted by the organization. So has that drawn more fans to a prospect tournament? Um, I would say it's about the same because I mean, you got to, the location is Northern Michigan. Um, so there's a good amount of people who have made this part of their annual pilgrimage to go watch some hockey, um, who 
So I, I would say the fan base is about the same. Um, it is interesting to see. Now, the tournament itself has gotten smaller. It used to be larger, um, and it kind of cannibalized itself. The Traverse City tournament used to be the gold standard. There used to be eight teams there, and then other teams saw what happened and wanted to their own piece of the pie close to home. Now there's one in Buffalo. There's one that the um, the California teams host together. There's uh, one the, uh, the Carolina and Nashville and Florida and Tampa do together. So um, people saw the success of the Traverse City one and kind of stole it and made it a little bit more regional. So um, the number of teams is not the same, but um, it is kind of one of the cooler settings about it is there is a distinct home team and because it's in northern Michigan, it's a Detroit big, it's a big fan base of Michigan of Red Wings fans in, in northern Michigan. People, some people came up from Detroit. I saw a couple of Dallas fans there too. So if you're listening, you're a Dallas fan. I saw you there. It was kind of cool to see. Um, but because of that Detroit fan base, the games that Detroit play always feel there's some good energy. There's some good buzz. So like when Dallas played Detroit. There's a lot of energy, a lot of buzz. When Dallas played Toronto, not as much. A lot of good seats available, just because it's not as many people watching two teams watching a game that doesn't involve the Red Wings. So it's kind of an interesting sliding scale of all of it. Um, but you, I think my favorite part of this is it gives us an idea of where the stars' prospects are against their peers, and that's the best part. That's the best tool for me because. They're in training camp right now, and it's not really fair to judge. Um, oh, who's it's, it's not really fair to judge the eighteen-year-old kid in camp against Joe Pavelski or Jason Robertson or something like that. But I, I want to be able to judge him against the um, against his peers who play for Columbus or Detroit or Toronto in this tournament. It gives us a really good idea of where players are and kind of. Um, some players you get gain a pre, more appreciation more some you gain a little bit of worry for overall it's it's a good it allows us to kind of adjust the sliders to to use that term to project to kind of figure out where guys are going into this season and kind of be a little bit more fair to the analysis of them throughout the year as well you wrote on EP ringside this week Dallas Stars prospect Liam Bixel has chance to be something more this season Go into that yeah. and what you've seen from the uh, Stars' defensive prospect. Yeah, so Bixel was the guy I was most intrigued in watching in this tournament, honestly. I've seen a lot of Stan Coven. I've seen a lot of Maverick Bork. Um, but Bixel, to me, is the... Uh, he played over in Sweden, so he's coming over from a different game. Um, he was coming off a broken ankle. A couple big what-if factors, right? And he has... He only played one game. Um, he tweaked his knee in that first game against Detroit, and they held him out smartly because it was one of those things where there's no reason to push it on something like that, especially after what he did in, in game one there. And as I wrote about an EP ringside and did kind of an encompassing piece, an, addition, an additional piece with some some film stuff uh, over at Shap Shots the next day. Um it doesn't, and I, I, and Gavin, you know this. Like, I'm a bit of a prospect curmudgeon at times, right? Like, I'm, sure. I'm very much a, I'm very much a, a guy really has to clear certain bars for me to get excited and move the goalposts. I am as well. And so that's keeping that in mind for people listening to this right now. That's how impressed I was with what Bixel did because I, 
I watched Bixel play against Detroit in that game and talking to and doing my job as a reporter, talking to people who know the stars organization in and out, things like that. I moved the goalposts. I moved the goalposts. And for me, in my mind, it was and the stars and the stars going into this season, they went into this uh, training camp with the original philosophy of Bixel. Well, basically Bixel's playing camp will determine whether he's back in Sweden or he's playing in the AHL. And I believe the goalposts have moved now with Bixel where he, his play will, he won't be on the NHL opening night roster. I want to be clear on that. I don't think that's, ha- I don't think that's going to happen. Now I'm, I'm not ruling it out completely, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, his play has basically moved the goalposts to, are we looking at potentially a Thomas Harley like season where he's going to get that, that good chunk in the AHL, that good time to make his mistakes, find some North American game tenets to his game that he has to either adjust or add. And then come the end of the season, like we saw with Thomas Harley, maybe this is the guy, maybe this is the in-house solution they they need. I mean, Gavin, I don't, I don't know if you've watched him play yet, but I'm going to say yeah. this, knowing how the type of hockey you love, Gavin Spittle, mm-hmm. you're going to love, you're going to love Liam Bixel. Yeah. I love he what you said about a, the physicality. Yeah. He's, he's six, five. He's big. He plays with a bit of a mean streak. Um, he is a, because of his skating and how, because of his skating. And he told me this, he told me how his skating has really improved a lot over the last two years because of his skating. He does a good, he doesn't have to take runs at guys, but he's able to kind of almost like it's almost like a like an iceberg coming like you see it's coming you can't really do anything about it right and so he's going to be i i look at kind of when you look at the flaws for the stars defense right now right like they have Miro Heiskanen an all-world player top 3 defender in the world after that they've got a bunch of either or pieces right like you got guys in Nils Lundqvist who is skilled but not really physical You've got Essa Lindell and Yanni Hockenpah who are physical, but not really skilled. And I look at Bixel as kind of that solution that can do both. And um, I think long-term we're going to be see him as a big part of the stars defense him with him, Harley and Heishkinen kind of be obviously Heishkinen number one, but Harley and Heishkinen kind of Harley and Bixel kind of being kind of the the second in commands on the defense, if you talk about it with Heishkinen. And he could be that second pairing guy this season, honestly, if the stars don't find those internal solutions on the NHL roster. If it comes to trade deadline time and the stars are getting bullied a bit, the games against Vegas, the games against uh, some tougher teams are show some struggles on the defense. I honestly wouldn't be opposed at this point right now to seeing if Ken Bix will be that guy to step in because he'll add some of that physicality. He's got some confidence. And as long as he can, as long as he takes those steps and I saw a big step in Traverse city, as long as he takes those steps, we could be looking at a guy you're like, you know what? He's ready for the NHL right now. And this team will be better for it. And that's something where, the goalpost moved because of the Traverse City tournament for me on Pixel. I know it's That's one great. game. Some will say you can't. I know people will say, hey, you can't react to one game like that. I know I'm a big sample size guy myself, but I also trust my eyes on things. And to me, I'm watching that tournament. Obviously, the best player on the ice was Adam Fantilli. 
Adam Fantilli, if you, if, if you want a player to, if you want like a uh, ESPN plus team to randomly watch, just because I think they're going to let up a lot of goals and score a lot of goals and be kind of exciting, especially now that Mike Babcock's no longer the coach, yep. like watch Columbus, Adam Fantilli is going to be really good. But looking at that tournament, looking at guys like that, like Bixels was in a big prospect tournament was not Bixels peers. NHL players are Bixels peers. And that's a big step for me in my mind. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, that's that's terrific to hear. And I'm really excited to see him in the AHL. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see him go up against AHL players. And I love what you pointed out in one where Bixel was trying to be goaded into a fight and... Mm-hmm. turned it down and basically drew some penalties as well um, yeah. due to his physicality and lack of retaliation. So it seems as though not only is his skating improving and his physicality is clearly there and he says he enjoys the physicality, I think the mind is um, quickly developing as well, which I, which I love because some, some players just use that size and that's all they do. It's, it's so I, you know, and they don't think of the other aspects. So it, it I'm so glad you said that and that you're high on him. Let's get to Logan Stankoven yeah. and Maverick Bork and what you saw from them. Yeah, I mean, I I like a lot of Stankoven's game. Um, I know that uh, with uh, I kind I kind of know that people are are the hype train is huge on him and everything like that. Um, I, the thing with Stankhoven's game, and you can argue whether this is good or bad, but the reason I saw a lot of things in Stankhoven's game that are the reason that I don't think he'll be trusted by the coaching staff enough this season, by the NHL coaching staff this season. Um, one of the stories about Wyatt Johnson's season that kind of flies under the radar, Gavin, and we've talked about how Wyatt Johnson played such a smart game and everything like that, but you got to remember Wyatt Johnston earned the coach's trust first by doing the simple things. And then once you earn the coach's trust by doing the simple things, that's when you get the green light to open things up a little bit more, right? Like the, uh, everyone's going to look back at Wyatt Johnston's goal against Seattle that, that closed out that series where it's the, um, the, the finish is great and everything like that, but it's the simple play. It's the simple play of reading off the long bank pass by dad and off the, the perfect route, yep. everything. That's the stuff that, that Wyatt Johnston does. And Wyatt Johnston earned the coach's trust from the beginning for that. Um, Logan Stankoven has a bit of issue of doing too much. And I, I think that's, I don't, I don't want that coached out of him. I, because I, I, I believe that's how he's going to be at his most successful in the NHL. He's going to be, he's going to be a guy that succeeds in the NHL because he's going to have that alpha male mentality on a line of I'm going to run this line and things are going to run through me, but it's kind of the weird spot, right? Where to get that opportunity in the NHL at first, you have to prove you can do the other things. And um, I just think with how the stars constructed this roster, how they built the depth, 
combined with how Stankoven tries to do a little bit too much, and he didn't get burned for it in the CHL because you weren't playing against the NHL defenders, um, and he got burned by it in in Traverse City. I think he'll get burned by it in NHL preseason. I think Stankoven's got a little bit of a. I think he'll have the points in the AHL this year, but I think he'll also have some tough moments he has to learn through, and. I'm not saying he won't play in the NHL this year because of injury, mm-hmm. but I think you need to kind of set the railroad tracks to be like, this guy will be at his best if he gets a year to kind of learn and make those mistakes on, on his own in the AHL where they're not costing an NHL team. And then ideally with cameo handful of games, he's ready for it the next year. I think that's kind of a more realistic timeline for him. Yep. Um, and I don't want, and I want him on that timeline, honestly, because I don't want you to rush that timeline because I don't want him to get to the NHL too early and become something he's not, and then lose out that potential of him as a creator. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to rush him into the NHL. So he plays a role he's not used to. And then all of a sudden you lose what could have been if you had just kind of waited a little bit longer with Stankoven. Yeah. I think that's the good thing about the stars roster currently too, is that yeah. you can be patient because the yeah. current and, roster and, has the makings of a Stanley cup contender. So that's great because leave them in Texas, have them develop. We saw what happened with Maverick Bork from half the season to the second half of the season. And we once again saw it with Thomas Harley, where once they get the yeah. hang of it, once they see that the rink has shrunk, the physicality has picked up and they learn the more professional side of things, um, you know, things can develop. The I don't want to say the game gets simpler, but, uh, you know, you learn a lot over a course of a season and you have those veterans taking you to the side and say, this is how it's done. Like guys like our friend Curtis McKenzie. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think some seasoning in Texas, especially with the Texas organization, is great. And you mentioned Bork, too, just to kind of piggyback on top of that. Like, Bork, I think, is that. I think, I think Bork is ready for the NHL. Honestly, I think his game as is, will work in the NHL. Um, His, that's not even an issue, just his path is, I think he needs to play with better players to to really have success. And just right now, just as, since contracts make jobs, I I wrote this kind of in the Friday post this morning over at Chef Shots, like, you got to remember, training camp is not wide open. Training camp is not like, oh, we're going to take the best players. No, contracts make jobs. And Bork, there's not really a job open for him. And um, I think if the Stars were a bad team, he'd be in the NHL right now. Um, But I think they're willing to slow down his trajectory to kind of move goalposts once again on timing. Um, Will... the one thing I would have liked to see from Bork, just a quick note on Traverse City, is um, I'd like to see him. There's times where I'd like to see a guy go out and take the puck and say, I'm the guy, right? Yep. Like almost kind of like if I could almost kind of combine a little bit of what Stankoven was doing too much and put a little bit of it into Bork, I think I'd have it'd be a really nice combination because there's times where there's times where Bork. Bork didn't adjust well in the prospect tournament to not playing with guys who didn't finish his visions. And so there's times where I think I thought he could have done more to basically take control of the shift with a little more selfishness to force others to kind of climb up, climb aboard. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. 
It, it totally does, and we'll see how they perform in training camp.